Hi, I'm David, co-founder of Prodigy. Welcome to the Happy Teams podcast, where we interview digital leaders about how they're winning in the race to retain and attract top digital talent. Today, we're joined by Dan from Wonderful, a digital creative agency based in the southwest of England. Listen to hear some fascinating insights from Dan about how he's making his agency a great place to work. Hi, David. Hey, how are you doing? Hi, Bashir. Hey. Great. Thanks for, thanks for joining us today. So before we, we get into the detail about, about what you're doing to make your agency a great place to work, can you actually tell us a bit about Wonderful and your value proposition? Yeah, so we're a wonderful creative agency, so the clue's in the name. We're a digital creative agency, um, and very much our, our kind of mantra in life is about creating human-first digital experiences. So, you know, and that becomes even more applicable in a world we're moving into with fast-paced technology, AI, machine learning, taking over so much of what we do. But we really try and find a human experience within that. So the creative ideation, the creative thinking, UX journey, the human empathy, how people connect with content, and really bring a lot of that thinking into the digital environment that we find ourselves in. What are the initiatives, um, things that you're doing to make the experience of coming to work uh, an enjoyable one for your for, for your employees? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great question and a big question. So I'll try and give you uh, a couple of sort of macro things we're doing and then we can drill down. So I think firstly, a great place to work has, has got to be about genuine culture. So it's easy to have a manual and we've got this staff manual and I've not looked at it for a while. And you know, yeah, you have all of that, the handbook and all of that great and good stuff. And I think that for us, one of the realizations is that it's really got to start with your mission. Like if we're talking about human first digital experiences, we've got to treat our staff like humans first, right? You've got to actually understand them, actually understand their drivers, their motivations, their their sort of pain points and challenges and things like that within their daily roles. So actually, one of our biggest learnings has been actually really understand our staff. Now, not just the programs and the benefits and the perks and all of that stuff, but actually, what's the stress point going to be in a project? What's the stress point going to be in a team? What happens when a client says X and everyone freaks out in the you know in the online meeting afterwards? That's real culture because that's the behavior the behaviors that you define there. How you help them through that is what real culture is, in my opinion. So I think you know for us it's around really kind of driving that human empathy within Wonderful, um, and that's been a massive growth journey for me to be honest with you, which maybe we'll talk about later. But I think, yeah, so that's been, you know, really living up to our mission internally is really mm -hmm. important. And then secondly, it's really about what do we believe? You know, what do we actually believe as an agency? So one of my fundamental beliefs as a, as a founder is that um, business isn't just about profit. It should be more than that. It should really about be about the positive impact you can make in a wider world around you. So mm -hmm. what that what's materialized in the last while has been... Um, we're applying, like lots of agencies are, we're applying to become B Corp certified. We're mm -hmm. in the final stage of the application process at the moment. And one of the reasons um, we're doing that is that we've, for the last few years, have had a charitable foundation called the Wonderful Foundation, where mm -hmm. we put a portion of our profits, our time and our talents to help community projects and help less advantaged um, projects around us. So that's been, that's meant we've supported like, um, 
Mum's Mentoring Services in Kent. We redesigned and built them a new website. We've supported youth programs in and around Kent. We do a lot of work into local schools. So um, next week, in fact, we're going into a school and working with their sixth form and helping them set a business challenge and to unpack that. We do a lot of lectures around universities. We do mentoring. We've helped community projects in Sri Lanka. We helped to plant nine acres of rice fields in Sri Lanka to help, um, to help local community leaders to create employment for themselves, their families and their communities. We've supported an orphanage in Malawi over the years. And I went out to Malawi in 2016 and we, we sort of built water wells and we've dug um, built walls around the orphanage, um, dug water wells, built walls around the orphanage. Um, yeah, and just a bunch of projects like that. We support a daycare centre in the Andhra Pradesh region of India. So just kind of, you know, for us, culture's got to be real. It's got to be like, if I genuinely believe in helping people, then I've got to put my money where my mouth is. Um, and and let, that, let that empower people, let that empower our staff, not dictate to them. I don't say you've got to do this. It's like, mm -hmm. hey, we've got a foundation, we're doing this. If there's any way you want to get involved, come and get involved. Today, did they contribute ideas about sort of what projects to tackle in next and and where to kind of put that pro bono work or that charitable work? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we put ideas in front of them. We say, hey, mm -hmm. what about this? What about that? And they, and, they, and they jump all over it and they bring in their own ideas. So, for example, the team are doing a virtual three peaks next month. And they've come up with that idea. So I think, I can't remember what day, at some point in next month, we're going to um, do 28-mile walk during the day. So during our work day, we're going to be walking 28 miles each. What, taking each of us. McCall's doing work whilst you're walking? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> some, of, some of the boys and girls doing coding, I'm not sure how that's going to work. I'm not sure <laughs> if they're going to... But, um, but, you know, it's things like that. And the reason we're doing it virtually, because, again, it's our impact on the planet around us, rather than cart us all from all over the country, up mm -hmm. and down the country. We said, let's do it virtually. We're getting out in nature. We're in our local environments. We're going to take photos along the way and timestamp what we're doing and stuff like that. So, again, it's a culture piece, but it's a piece where they're doing something. I kind of believe, like, in life, and I don't want to get too philosophical, but we all want to kind of to do more than just work, more than just our Something job. We want to be deeply... right? Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and really believe that we're contributing to the wider world around us. So we just try and facilitate that. And so that's a huge part of our culture. Um, just one more practical thing, for example, around the B Corp piece, because we've moved to remote first working over the last sort of six months, you know, most people are at home, right, to state the obvious. So everyone's got their own carbon footprint score, and we've all set ourselves like sort of targets at how can we improve our carbon footprint. And that's everything from how many clothes we buy to where we shop to kind of how often we'll get Amazon deliveries and stuff like that. That, you know, stuff you do at home, right? Stuff that's just everyday living. So driving the behaviors at home that really impact culture. So we've actually got an overall company carbon footprint score as well which mm -hmm. we're working with ecology to look at offsetting. Uh, I mean, you know, and, and to sort of reduce, our, so even things like our servers and our hosting provision, all right. of that stuff, trying to work towards a common goal. So, um, yeah, hopefully that gives you a couple of sort of practical things that we're doing. No, it's really interesting. You're right, the B Corp is becoming one of those trends that's a great trend. I mean, it's amazing the amount of, companies that we're speaking to and seeing that are becoming B Corps and they're, and they're doing it for the right reasons. 
but there's very few that we're coming across that are almost like validating what they've already been doing for mm. five or six years. It's that they they might have been doing bits of it or they want they want to do more, but they haven't already been doing it. Do, doing it. So it's uh, yeah, it's great that you're essentially putting a stamp on something you've already been doing. I think it's got to be meaningful. I think for like you know we're a small agency relative to you know to, to a lot of agencies, and so. You know, and and I think the workplace culture and workplace in general has shifted so much, particularly coming through this COVID scenario and a shift in the economy that, you know, it has to be meaningful, you know. And and I think as well, one of the things that the shift that's happened in my own leadership has been around um, moving from sort of, hey, the big vision and the big ideas to much more empowering, much more collaborative. Every agency has a core value of collaboration, right? That's like agency 101 core value. <laughs> so, but it's like, we've really been unpacking that. What does it actually mean culturally within the agency? So all of these initiatives, we're trying to make genuinely collaborative rather than just driven from the front. hundred percent. And what you mentioned earlier, um, really, I find it interesting. You mentioned about driving the human empathy and, and driving, finding out what are the stress points in somebody's job in projects. Uh, tell us a little bit more about the, the the process that you go about finding out and about tackling those uh, those stress points. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's quite a, there's quite a lot of things we do. So mm. I'll just try and keep it simple. Um, firstly, it's you know, we in the week and in the month we create regular checking points. So every morning we have a scrum. After mm-hmm. the you know during the scrum we ask, are there any you know what are the pinch points today? What are the stress points today? So sometimes people might openly say, well, this, you know, I've got 12 hours booked into an eight hour day or, you know, state some obvious things. Right. So we have to shift the shift the calendar or whatever it might be. Um, sometimes it's like I still don't understand that. Can we talk afterwards? So often we'll have we'll allow the scrum, we'll have a core scrum, but then we'll have times to allow the talk afterwards. So people have got that communication point. We have regular check-in points throughout the week as well. So I'm not going to go through all the details with you. We have regular check-in points throughout the week so that people can have one-to-ones as well. Then we have monthly one-to-ones. Then we have quarterly reviews. So we just, the the macro answer to what you're saying is kind of we build it as a rhythm, daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly rhythms where staff feel heard, staff can input, project reviews at the end of each project, and just ask you know, both qual and quant answers, you know, we kind of try to get some good data back, but also get some in-depth understanding. So, mm-hmm. you know, when someone's, how was that project? You know, how would you rate that project? Yeah, it was eight out of 10. Okay. What was a two out of 10? What was that? What was going on? What was happening there? What was, you know, mm-hmm. so really trying to find, and two reasons being, being very transparent and honest, we want projects to be more efficient. Yeah, you want to drive efficiency. You want to drive gains and marginal gains, and all of that great and good stuff. But also you realise the way of getting those gains often is to get staff more kind of, you know, working. Exactly. So, um, and then resources are always a challenge for us because we have scalable teams and our projects can range from simple sort of front-end kind of web applications or digital applications right through to complex builds, you know, mobile web app kind of builds. So... Um, you know, when we've got scalable resource and scalable teams, the way you onboard them, the process for that. So we've worked really hard at processes that drive culture. And I think that's one thing we've learned along the way is that culture is not just a little talk on a Monday morning, a little, you know, air high five and, you know, inspirational moment. 
we don't do any of that. Um, <laughs> it's it's no, it's the process of like you can be heard, you can talk, you can feel about it. You will come up with a solution. We are going to make it work. It's that kind of process that drives that culture, rather than letting people just hide for like a month and then they come back at the end of the month and go, oh, I couldn't do that. I've been really stressed. <laughs> yeah, it's a living thing. You can't, you have to constantly keep working on it and improving on it. That's right. Panel, that's exactly yeah. what you're doing. You mentioned as well about being remote first. Now, um, how are you addressing the the, the, the sort of the non tangible? Um, you know, touch points with people to to create that, that 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 bond and shared experience when people are all in different locations. Yeah, and and I think that is you know that that's the the big challenge I think with remote first is that at the end of the day we're talking about human empathy and human understanding and humans need to be together in the, in that sense. Now, our two convictions there is one is um, if you really care about people that and you really want to work with people, you know, doing it through a screen the majority of the time can work if the if the process and the culture is right. So, for example, mm -hmm. we down tools 4.30 every Friday, and we just have a social hour together, and we just we just connect, and we, we, we just, um, yeah, we just sort of, no, no work talk, just fun talk, and that's mm -hmm. the, the water cooler chat, you know, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. We just do that. And then um, every Monday morning, each someone will share from their weekend something they've done, something they're looking at. We ask people to share their passion projects as well. So we really try and bring that people's lives into it. And actually, sometimes when you get it right, we find people are more open to share when they're remote than they mm -hmm. are in a room. There's a little bit less social anxiety, a little bit less yeah. kind of That's a bit awkward. I've got to stand in front of everyone and share something. You know, it's a bit more chilled sometimes when it's on video. So, I mean, like, I'm not going to name names, but one of our guys, right, he's quite famous He um, for wearing hats. So <laughs> each, every Monday he wears, like, a different hat to the team meeting. And when I say hats, I'm talking all sorts of crazy stuff. I'm not talking about a cap and a, you know, a beanie. I'm talking about, like, wizard hats and cowboy hats. He's got his ridiculous wardrobe. But he feels comfortable enough to turn up to a team meeting mm. wearing something like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah. for me, that's a real litmus test of culture. He mm -hmm. actually feels comfortable enough to turn. But he's not going to do that in the office, is he? He's no. not going to turn up. To well, he might do, but he gets some really weird looks. So, so Dan, you mentioned as well um, about your wonderful, wonderful thing meetings. That that sounded really interesting. Yeah. So I think obviously part of culture and 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 sort of you know pe people being able to share what they're up to is letting them give them the freedom and space to do that so i think every two weeks on a thursday uh for 30 minutes over lunchtime we just have an open meeting called that wonderful thing just to google me it's open if two people come or the whole agency come it's just open and people will just share um something they're working on or something new that they found or a new piece of design or we're building a cool product at the moment for example for one of our clients where we're we um blurring images to create like a new image based on sentiment feelings and stuff like that I won't go into details <laughs> so they've been sharing that as a project because often what happens in an agency is that designer designs something developer develops it they've done some cool stuff within themselves you see the final product but you don't know what each other have done hmm. so you don't learn from each other you don't kind of oh you did that or, you know, you don't... Hmm. exactly so that it's kind of for that um, you know, number one, but really importantly, it's for people just to have their voice. 
you know, developers don't get to, you know, often chat about what they do and, you know, sometimes it can be dry, but actually when it's related to a project, it's often super exciting. So that's open every two weeks. And sometimes what that does is it lends itself to like a client webinar. So we do these things called lunch and learns where we do the same process, but for clients. Mm -hmm. So we've got like a lunch and learn coming up, for example, in July. Um, depends when this episode's released. Um, we've got lunch and learn in July, which is around AI and how we're using AI to drive our processes. So mm -hmm. it's important that clients know what we're doing to utilize latest technologies that benefits them. Mm -hmm. it means we get things done more efficiently. Um, you know, even practical things like rec meeting record meetings are now being recorded by AI. Transcripts are coming out with mm -hmm. action points that adds value to a client. So we're going to do a lunch and learn around that. But that's kind of come out of that wonderful thing, internal meeting. Oh, as, a, as a staff suggestion, as one of your employees suggesting that. Great. Exactly. I mean, you said some amazing things as well that I've, I haven't heard, to be honest with you, before, where you open the floor to all your employees to suggest clients they want to work with. I mean, that's something that, you know, uh, I haven't heard from other agencies before, but I think it's a great idea. If somebody chooses the client, then they'll be twice as likely to work hard to win that particular client and then to, to retain them and keep them happy. Yeah, and that kind of has come out of a couple of a couple of reasons why that's happened. One is, you know, we have our own podcast that, you know, over the last couple of years, we've kind of been um, interviewing different guests and hearing their stories. So some people that have really done amazingly well in their careers. So we've said to our to our staff, like, which of those guests really resonate with you? What what businesses resonate with your brands? Do you think we could really work with? And then we've gone and sort of, you know, speculative, done a speculative pitch or ideation process for them. And that's yielded, that's yielded really good results. But also, like, if we've got, uh, for example, we've got a lot of experience in fintech or property. If you've built an app for one property company or you've done a, a campaign for one fintech company, you're much more in tune with the industry, where mm -hmm. they're going. Mm -hmm. You know, our, our designers get passionate about it. Oh, we've got this idea for this. So we said, fine, let's go and let's go and talk to them, see if we can get some engagement with them. You know, so, you know, again, it's part of the collaborative process of producing the work we do is not just for that client. It's so we can make a bigger impact in in the industry, maybe. So, yeah, that's part of our sort of quarterly. I'm, I'm going under the hood now and our quarterly um, team days together. Once a quarter, we down tools, we go away for that for that day together. And we'll integrate that new client acquisition process into that team day. That's amazing. And yeah, it's beneficial for you to find ways of getting new clients, but for the team to be directing that and then to feel that they can have a suggestion and then they end up working with the client they want to work with. That's so powerful. Yeah, mm. it's, it's, it's great. You, you also mentioned about um, running your anonymous feedback surveys and then how you share the information um, with the team. Can you just talk us through that? Yeah, um, every six months, we've only done it um, yeah, over the last year, so every six months we do an anonymous um, staff feedback survey. So I think there's six to eight questions, key questions, that, and they're, they're quite you know, data-driven, so they're scores out of 10 with opportunity for comments. So the score out of 10 is what it is. You know, you just kind of end up with an aggregate score. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but it's the comments piece that's quite meaningful. So we'll feedback... If there's any commonalities, if two or three people have said, you know, some, you know, point A needs looking at, we'll then feed that back at the next team down and say, okay, we've heard you guys, you know, point A, you know, there's something there that needs looking at. 
you know, and we'll either ask them you know, transparently what would you think would be a good solution to that, or we make some suggestions and then work a solution. So to give you a practical example, um, because we're remote first, our central point is London being you know it's the easiest and is actually the central point where most people live yeah. um so but the challenge with that is more than half our team are in kent so there's quite a lot of people from kent going into london and blah 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 so we're now we've taken that board of suggestion we're now saying do we do one team day in kent one team day in london and and, and mix it up so and we're mixing up the start times for that team day because a lot of the feedback we've got is it's costing people you know money and time and stress to try and get into london from wherever they are in the country for nine o'clock mm -hmm. so it's just not practical you know some of our staff are having to leave at like stupid o'clock in the morning so it, it kind of becomes counterintuitive to do it so we're switching up our start time our leave time in order to facilitate that now that's not because we do whatever anyone says all the time but it's because if we want to facilitate a genuine collaborative environment where people look forward to coming together once a month and then then you know we've got to try and make it work so things like that you know and we haven't got it all sorted we're still on this process of trying to work it out but that's the kind of culture we're trying to build amongst that process that's amazing and um yeah again it just ties back to to, to giving people autonomy accountability feeling that they they actually have a say of course you don't get everything you ask for no no one does but at least if you feel that the you're being listened to and that your points can be taken on board then that that's amazing so with all of these these things that you've been working on and it seems like it's it's a constant um project to see how you can carry on improving things do you do you have any methods for measuring employee satisfaction and what kind of things have you seen well, the I mean, the employee satisfaction survey is our main kind of objective, you know, time-stamped kind of stake in the ground because, as I said, it's every six months we do it. We look for incremental improvements and so on and so forth. Um, and I think the rest of the time, it's really sort of gauging, you know, you know what it's like, agency life. When you've got, you know, two or three major projects, it is stressful. And, and we have to realise at that point of delivery or things are going to go live phase on two or three digital projects it's going to be stressful okay so what do we do afterwards you know so it's kind of the reason we do it every every six months and we have quarterly we have quarterly reviews as well is that you can't review everything every week i don't believe <laughs> you know we, we're not big enough number one and number two is that during a week you have a really rubbish week one week and next you know and you hate the agency and you hate your bosses and the next week everything's great because you've had a great team day and i love everything so mm. i think it's still trying to make it objective you know so for us the cadence of quarterly team days where we have chance to review we look at the last quarter did we do what we said we were going to do we look at the next quarter what's coming up have your input and then a six month um objective survey is like the right cadence in our in our sort of small agency to make sure we're constantly getting the right feedback. I think ninety days. Um, it's proven that it's a good uh, sort of um, it's a good amount of time for you to set objectives, to work to right. work hard at them, and then to to reassess and then to reset. 
I think we were doing the same thing as well for, for many years. 90 days is a great sort of period of time to do that. Dan, you've said a lot of great things and we're very grateful for you and for, for you to be sharing with us. Um, if you were to take everything we talked about or, or everything you're doing now and tell us one thing that you wish you've done earlier. Uh, seek to understand my staff quicker and, and, and better. Mm -hmm. I think I think a lot of what a lot of the shift that's happened in my own thinking as as an agency leader has been you know shifting that mindset that people you know particularly when you've got a big project you get a new client in and you go it's really exciting and <laughs> we're gonna be creating this amazing product for them and they're probably sitting there thinking flipping it that's like you know it's another three four months worth of work and i can't do that and i can't do that bit and how on earth we're going to do that a lot of what we do is r d right because we're we're designing and building things that don't exist so you know, I think that's exciting as a kind of, you know, the visionary, you know, selling the product to the client. But our staff probably are sitting there most of the time thinking that's not that exciting. Yeah. So I wish I, I spent the time and had the mindset earlier to understand my staff feelings and mindsets and approach to projects and clients. I think it would have you know, been less stressful in my early years of agency life. No, that's great. And I think what you're saying is very reminiscent of our early days as well, because when you start, you need that right. sort of energy, raw energy of trying to kind of get everyone, you know, excited about everything in the beginning. That's the fuel that gets you kind of started. But eventually, and you start reflecting more and you think, you know, um, the mindset definitely shifts into a more kind of listen first and and, and, and plan and then do after. Uh, but yeah, that's great. Thank you very much, Dan. Yeah, uh, and and I guess just to just to finish off, um, can you tell us about any new initiatives you're you're planning on launching uh, in the in the coming months or years? Yeah, I mean, aside from the B Corp side of things, it's going to be always going to be that again. It's ongoing, iterative. Mm improvements to what we're doing so our partnership with ecology needs to mature a little bit more it's still quite a new partnership we're just we're trialing their um their business platform as we said to talk about our whole business carbon footprint so mm -hmm. we've got some initiatives and programs we're going to be running there uh, aside from that one of the big things we're exploring and this is kind of i've not really spoken about as much in public actually but one of the big things we're exploring is how we can drive the power of wonder more meaningfully into our clients because that's one of our convictions that human connection particularly when the world goes ai first in a lot of the work and processes that we do how do we still drive that sense of wonder that sense of awe and curiosity into our clients creative into their design into their campaigns so we're really exploring solutions that drive that deeper into clients at the moment. So watch this space. There's going to be some, you know, there's going to be some things that come out there around that whole power of wonder piece. Sounds amazing. And, you know, we're keen to, to hear about it when, when you guys have something to share. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thanks, Thank Dan. Thank you for having me. Dan, that was amazing. Thank you for sharing everything. Um, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be of massive interest to, to our audience. Thank you so much. Thanks, gents. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Thank you.